Welcome to Lean In to Learn. I'm host Carrie Mealy Holmes, and thanks for joining me today. Lean In to Learn is a series focused on insightful approaches and forward thinking perspectives related to continuous learning. The program is a workplace education Manitoba project funded by the Government of Canada and the Manitoba government. I and various carefully curated topic matter experts will introduce you to a vast array of tools, resources, and personal journeys that will educate and empower you to deliver real-world training and tactical solutions in your workplace, as well as build individual skills for success. So, settle in and open up your hearts and minds as we lean in to learn. Welcome to Lean In to Learn. I'm your host, Carrie Mealy Holmes. Today, we are talking problem solving. So let's first take a look at how we define it. Problem solving is your ability to identify, analyze, propose solutions, and make decisions. Problem solving helps you to address issues, monitor success, and learn from the experience. For example, we use this skill to make hiring decisions, select courses of action, and troubleshoot technical failures. So why is this skill important? Every day you use information to make decisions, solve problems, and take actions. This can include thinking about different ways to complete a task and choosing the best solution, or deciding what to do first when several options are competing for your attention. The ability to think, make decisions, and solve problems effectively improves the way you carry out activities, meet goals and deadlines at work, or in other daily life situations. Strong problem-solving skills will help you gather the right information, identify and solve problems, and make better decisions. Now, as you learn from these experiences, you will strengthen your problem-solving skills and more quickly and effectively adapt to change. So one of the reasons that problem-solving is a crucial skill in the workplace is because it houses so many other skills. Consider adaptability, reasoning, creativity and innovation, resilience, and continuous learning or improvement. It means that we're teachable and open-minded. Understanding this can help us to see how crucial problem solving is in a workplace. Now, some of us may be thinking of problem solving as just math equations or how we work around reduced resources. But let's think for a moment how often we are using thinking skills in the workplace. What sorts of problems have you come across? Sometimes our problems are process-related, sometimes resource-related, and, uh-oh, sometimes people-related. Our skill for success of adaptability can help us to see options when faced with problems. And what's that saying from Abraham Maslow? If the only tool you have is a hammer, you will tend to see every problem as a nail. Isn't that so true? And we know that problems can surface in so many ways. Psychologist Carol Dweck has promoted a lot of work and study around growth and fixed mindset. Let's consider how that plays into problem solving. Mindsetworks.com had this to say about Carol's work. Over 30 years ago, Carol Dweck and her colleagues became interested in students' attitudes about failure. 
they noticed that some students rebounded while other students seemed devastated by even the smallest setback. After studying the behavior of thousands of children, Dr. Dweck coined the terms fixed mindset and growth mindset to describe the underlying beliefs people have about learning and intelligence. When students believe they can get smarter, they understand that effort makes them stronger. Therefore, they put in extra time and effort, and that leads to higher achievement. Okay, so let's apply this idea of growth and fixed mindset to problem solving. From the outset, we may see fixed mindset as bad and growth mindset as good. And I'd admit I would think that way too. When problem solving, we may go through a list of questions as to how we solve the problem. The trick here is to make sure we're solving the right problem. Let me give you a simple example from my life. I get headaches. So let's say I woke up with a headache. What do I do? Well, I have found a method that works for me. And I'd like to preface this, that this is not an ad for Advil or for awake caffeinated chocolates, okay? So I take two Advil when I wake up with a headache and awake chocolate and chug back a glass of water and move on with my day. The next morning, I wake up with a headache. I know exactly what to do. So I take two Advil and awake caffeinated chocolate and chug back a glass of water and move on with my day. Now, you start to see that I'm never really addressing the reason for the headache. Instead, I'm concerned with symptoms. The headache isn't the problem, is it? No, it's a symptom of a different problem. But because I want to eliminate painful symptoms, I do my Advil chocolate water thing and off I go. Now, are you sitting down? Imagine if I took a moment to assess why I have a headache. My fixed mindset knows how to handle the symptoms. My growth mindset of possibilities allows me to consider the real reason for the headache, also known as the root cause. Now, many times in workplaces, we are looking at tackling symptoms. Why? Because symptoms are painful. And if we can minimize the symptom, we can get on with our work. Now, what happens if we only tackle symptoms? Well, the fact is we never get to the root of the problem. Root cause analysis causes us to slow down and consider possibilities, like when does the problem occur? When doesn't the problem occur? Who is affected? Who isn't affected? Another method of root cause analysis, or RCA, is to ask why. And maybe you've heard of the five whys. It's great. We get to channel our inner toddler who at some point drove people mad around us with our whys. But why? Why? So my headache, if I consider when it happens and when it doesn't happen, I might be able to see that, gosh, the glass of water I used to pound back my Advil was the only glass of water I had that day. So my favorite question is, is it possible? Is it possible that I'm systemically dehydrated? Maybe, right? So if I don't address the actual issue, I keep trying to solve symptoms and not the actual problem. Make sense? So what symptoms are you trying to solve in your workplace? What band-aids have you put into place instead of solving the actual issue? Our landscape today has many workplaces working with fewer employees than we've had in the past. Understanding our current state and how we want our future state to be gives us clues on what we need to change. And yes, I said change, Oh, right? Uh, do we say change or 
hey, change, how you doing? <laughs> Can we apply our other skill for success of adaptability to get out of our fixed mindset? And uh, well, that's just the way we've always solved this problem. Can we ask, is it possible to find a different solution? Are we solving symptoms or are we solving problems? And these are important questions to ask. Switching into problem-solving mode begs us to acknowledge any feelings or emotions surrounding the problem. When our emotional brain engages, we have a more difficult time operating in reasoning and rationalizing. Problem-solving says, hey, something isn't working here. What do we need to do to adapt, change, repair, or fix this situation? It's important for us to acknowledge that people have feelings. Humans have feelings and emotions, and usually problem-solving brings its own set of problems, really, including emotion tied to our work. Now, let's remind ourselves that we ourselves have feelings, as do our coworkers. So when it comes to problem-solving, be sure to acknowledge gut responses, how people feel, so that we can get on with the business of solving problems. Now, solving problems, as I mentioned, causes us to slow down, examine, and sometimes recalibrate our goals and vision. It allows us to be human, to look at how we feel about the situation and any emotion tied to the problem. One of my all-time favorite quotes comes from Albert Einstein, and check this out. He said, if I had an hour to solve a problem, I'd spend 55 minutes thinking about the problem and five minutes thinking about the solutions. So yes, slow down, pause, breathe, and think. Consider the type of problem you're facing, separating symptoms from cause, and I bet your solution will be longer lasting and you will be more successful with this skill for success of problem solving. Thank you for joining today on Lean In to Learn. I'm your host, Carrie Mealy Holmes. Thank you.